Welcome. We thank you for listening with us today. We ask that you please stow away and secure all important items. There are no emergency exits. So, just sit back, relax, fasten your earbuds, and enjoy. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Funny Too Informing. Welcome to Funny to Informing, episode 140. 140. I'm John. That's Chris Pizza Peisenberg Coleman. That's me. And uh, that number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Is, I that, know. How, is that how numbers work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're good at counting. I Tune see. in later. Uh, yeah, we got. And we'll see about counting. We got Tuttle's 10 again. Oh, yeah. Did that remind you? We got Digi Hears. You I watched the a, documentary. I got a What's Up Doc this week. And then, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say we got a lot on top. Yeah, and we got some other stuff Another to talk full about. Another show. Uh, because now we're in phase two, so things are finally starting to open up a little bit. Yes, we began the second round of phase two of the second phase of the phasing. I kind of feel like crap right now. Whatever that means. I feel terrible right now. I mean, I'm hungover literally because all weekend, once the bars opened on Friday, I've been going to the bars since. Yeah. So for three days straight. Every day, yeah. 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 Well, because our plan was to do... Uh, to go down on Friday to where the protesting was going on yeah. and just try to, you know, see what's going on, talk to different people and try to get, like, everybody's opinion about yeah, it. I had a bunch of good questions lined up for people uh, regarding the protests and all that stuff and the, you know, rioting. Not that there's so much rioting here, but the rioting in general. And, uh, yeah, we went downtown with the best intentions. We wanted to see with and our while, own eyes. While we were there, uh, you know, we also we knew that it was phase two. That was day one of phase two. And so we were like, let's go to Casey's. We haven't been to Casey's in months and months. I was like, I don't want to protest without, uh, you know, on an empty stomach. Yeah, I want to no, drink empty some liquor stomach. You need a shot and a beer. Of course. I mean, yeah, if you're, I almost said George Strait, but it's not George Strait. Is it George Thorogood that sings whiskey? One I whiskey, drink one, alone. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And nobody also, else. What's the uh, uh, one whiskey, one shot and one beer? Oh, yeah. 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 That's George Thorogood too, I think right? a lot yeah. of his songs. I almost are... said George Strait, <laughs> which it could, could be. It's fucking country. That's very country. Yeah. but George Thorogood. So I'm, I'm getting clarification from our our uh, off mic fact checker cooker Rocky. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chef Rocky today. Yeah, we do have Rocky with us in case we need to look up something or if we're yeah. confused. So or we'll, eat uh, fried fish. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to uh, remember to turn it over to him because I I don't like looking up stuff in the middle of the show anymore. It's hard. I'm over that. It's hard because then I have to run with it. Nobody wants to hear me talk that long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate when I listen back the few times I do that. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So we uh we went down with the intentions of you know uh-huh. protesting and checking everything out to see how peaceful it was. And we ended up stopping at Casey's to get a drink. And then we went to another place to get a drink. And then we just kept drinking the rest of the day, just kind of bar hopping. Yeah, well, it was only a handful of hours because we got down there in the evening and it was uh, with the... No, with the, the curfew. The curfew. Yeah, it's the curfew. Yeah, John made it sound like we were there from like 10 a.m. And we just like, oh, by 2 a.m. we slugged at home. <laughs> Never saw a protest. <laughs> What's a protest? But no, we got down there late and then everything closed. Like the bars downtown closed at 8. So we hung out for like two hours at Casey's. And then before we got booted out of there, we were like, let's go down to the bar just on the... It's literally two, uh, one block over the, the the 8 o'clock curfew line that they had downtown. Oh, yeah, because the other one was 10 o'clock, right? Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. So we went over there, and we had the last two hours. At, so we did like two and two. 
Yeah. And it's then, two and two, as yeah. Chuck Woolery would say. And with uh, going out on Saturday and Sunday, I almost didn't, because we're drinking beers right now, obviously. <laughs> I don't remember. Podcast you, sir. <laughs> I don't remember a show that I've ever done either, like on this, on you know um, any show that I've guested on. Right. I've always had a drink. I've never not, yeah, I don't think. I think it's easier. Definitely easier. Hmm. That's going to be. I've done several shows without drinking, though. Really? Uh, well, with us and with back in the day with other podcasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. I forgot that you were. I, uh, my God, I got to tell you, man, I've been uncomfortable all day, too, because I have like this pimple on my ass. So every time wow, I sit. Oh, let's e- get real with it, John. Every time I sit down, I'm getting like really fucking irritated. <laughs> I thought I hated that show, Dr. Pimple Popper, before. <laughs> now it's just gotten way too personal and close to home. I'm pretty sure, like, because of the way I have to sit and where it's at, exactly, I'm like popping it or squishing it down. Oh, my God. Gross, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. It's not going to turn into a mountain on me. Oh, <laughs> But I feel mountain, it. Mountain out of a molehill. Well, I hate to tell you, a molehill is still way too big for an ass pimple to be. I'm just saying, you're going to be seeing me adjust this whole show, <laughs> and it's because of that. Okay. I, it, well, you it, just stand up or hit a squatting position. <laughs> Rocky's got some cornstarch in there in the kitchen. Just dump something down your ass crack, and yeah, it'll help you out for a no. second. Oh, no, because you want to hear something. Here he comes. He's got the Argo. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I was the one that invented this, uh, but when I was at your house on Friday uh-huh. uh, taking a shower oh, God. B- before we went out. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is a, I know where you going with this so let's just do it so <laughs> so before we went out and before everything i went into your uh your shower and you know i i didn't want to use that's a bad start right there it sounds badly you're like you're gonna go it can only go downhill I'm like, i went into your shower <laughs> and then what fluid happened what do you mean what what, what, what I, uh, came out of what i so and i like to use a loofah when i'm you know sc- uh, doing body wash so i that's I, a good question quickly side note we got a second right fuck it it's yeah, our show yeah okay cool the producer john han is not going to cut us off good I don't care. Uh, okay, but uh, who doesn't use a loofah, though? Like, because when you told me the story originally, you were like, I use a loofah. I mean, I know it's kind of feminine or whatever. I didn't know. Who doesn't use a loofah? Apparently, Rocky does not. What I don't know if he just, like, lathers up his hand and then ass cracks it with his fingers. Here he comes, John. You want to crank and just up like, his mic? Or maybe, do you just, like, put the bar straight on your skin? Yeah, is he just rubbing the bar on yourself? Yeah, I just rub it on, like, you know, I put the lotion on the skin, but I just, I, I, I have <laughs> my own bar, nobody else uses my shower, Okay, um, it's what mine. What about your girl when she comes over? I mean, she uses, she does use my soap. But she but probably brings her own, like, body wash She has a loofah. And a loofah. She has a little loofah. But I, my point was, I don't feel like it's a feminine, really, product. It maybe I, I, used I, I to thought be, it was girly. I used, I, I've used one for years. I used to do the soap on the skin thing. I but think then, it's gross. I think I think rubbing um, a towel the or same a, thing and then reusing it, I just wash it out real good afterwards. I mean, it's covered in more. soap, so then I just fucking wash the I shit out of it real the, good. Under I, you the know, I grew water. up with people that did it, but it's just, for me, I just put the soap on there, I rub it up, I get there, and then I actually, uh, you know, kind of let it kind of soak in, Okay, and that's it, and then All I right. don't need, then what do you do with that nasty towel? Now you're doing extra laundry. Not the towel. You just oh, put like the rag washcloth? up your butt, well, okay, and now funny. you're rubbing yourself. Oh, there's all these dilemmas now. Well, and, and you listen, I know, Rocky, you listen, I don't know if you're caught up to this point, but to the uh, the podcast we've mentioned several times. Scrubs. Uh, yeah, Fake Doctor Scrubs. Scrubs podcast. Fake yes. Doctor's Real Friends. They have this whole divide. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Donald Faison, uh, Chocolate Bear, the black gentleman on the show, uh, and Zach Braff is the white gentleman. Donald Faison contends that all black people use washcloths in the shower. And whenever they talk to people, white heard and that. black, they ask them. And it's he's pretty much so far been right based on the, the, the surveying they've done on the show. I think it might be Southerners. Okay, maybe. But when I was coming up, I did use a, uh, a washcloth. 
originally. Um, I used a washcloth in the shower when I was a kid just because there wasn't like a loofah thing. And then uh, loofahs became like kind of the deal. And I kind of just transferred. It yeah, point. I'm not like ashamed to be using one. But no, I mean, when, gets me fucking clean. When I was at your place, I wasn't able to. So I thank you for not yeah. using my loofah. And then, I, and then I just like I look down at my body and there my pubes are just sitting there. Oh, and I, I know there's no way I'm the first one to have thought of this. So, all right, but so I, you're telling us you got a quarantine bush. But I so I good to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Good bad, to but it, it, it's enough there that I can loofah that. <laughs> oh my god! Like a pube loofah. Oh yeah, you and, lather it up real good. Gross. <laughs> gross. And then use what is that? Gro- is that gross? I mean, because uh, nobody wants to think about like oh, you I'm can using use my that. pubes as my home base for my soap, and then I spread the pube soap all over my body. So Generally, <laughs> pube soap is the pube and asshole, or should be if, the, if you think logically, the last areas to be cleaned up because in your mind they're probably the dirtiest. But at some point, Feet, asshole, crotch. That's wait, your dirtiest area. Is, right armpits i feel like when you lather it yeah, enough, top to bottom like a car rocky says agreed i feel like when you lather it enough then that is clean to the point where that's probably the cleanest part on your body once it becomes a pube loofah then it's the, okay because you've already part. cleaned it yeah it's it's the and whole then, theory where rocky goes well the loofah's dirty afterwards but i say well no i wash it out real good you're saying i wash my pubes out real good and then they're clean and from there i spread the clean pube soap all yeah. over my body <laughs> yeah gross yeah 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 pube that, soap by the way what rocky gets every time he washes rubs that bar all over his pubes yeah uh, no i knew you would get a kick out of that Are rocky's one. pubes do they match the drapes are they green too I don't know. Oh, Questions he, for a future. I think he dies them. He dies them. Yeah, panic, yeah. panic on his dick. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the episode. Um, but should we? Okay, so I know we have uh, the Tuttle's ten to get to. Should we just get in, uh, into that before taking break? And yeah, yeah, we're definitely we're gonna run it as usual. I feel like we'll do Tuttle's ten, take a break, come back with some what's up, Doc. Wrap it all up with some digis. All right, so let's uh, let's turn it over to Tuttle. But we gotta say. Um, his feelings or opinions yeah, are not Tuttle's uh, thoughts and opinions do not reflect the thoughts of opinions of Funny to Informing. It's hosts, shows, or uh, hosts, sponsors, guests, and affiliates. There we go. Edit okay, that out. edit that out. Yeah, yeah well, uh, <laughs> now, now we're going to pass it over to Tuttle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's ten, ten minutes, minutes with, with Tuttle. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Tuttle's 10. I think we're on episode number five. Yeah, I'm just going to run with that. What are we on, John? Is it five? No, we're on six. Is it six? Oh, I thought so myself. That's fine, Tuttle. If you need help counting, listen to the intro for this very segment. (laughs) Yeah, not to stop it too early, but we had to clear that up. Check out my podcast. It is very easy to find. Just search The Tuttle Podcast. It's available on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio app, or you can go to my website, Tuttle.net, and all the links you need involving my content is right there at Tuttle.net. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tuttle, that's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E. So, this week, John and Chris, the guys from Funny to Informing, have given me a topic, and they've been really, really good as of late, but this topic more than any because it's something I can sink my teeth into as well as relate of everything that is going on in our country right now with the death of George Floyd, the protests, the riots, the looters, whatever it may be. I'm going to be able to wrap this thing up nice and neat for you, put a nice little shiny bow on it, and just hand it over to you like it's Christmas days, guys. Big promises, Tuttle. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. I'm holding my breath. Poorly poorly time phrasing there. I'm sorry. And I don't want to be that guy that always says things were better back in the day because when you get to my age, which I just turned 40, when you start saying 
things were better back in the day, you automatically gain 10 years on your life. So the statement I'm about to make is going to make me 50 years old. But the NBA in the early to mid 90s was far superior than any of this garbage you're watching today. In the 90s, no babies were allowed. Do you think LeBron would be as good as he is right now if he had to go into the paint against the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons? Oh, there's no fucking way. Dude would have gotten dropped like a soft bitch. And you know how good Michael Jordan was back in the day? They could not stop him. And their whole defense was when Jordan leaves his feet in the paint, do not even try to block the ball. Just foul him. And when I mean foul him, it's not one of those ticky-tack fouls. Most of the time, these motherfuckers were grabbing him and tackling him in midair. Do you think LeBron would have gone through the paint? Yes, he would have tried it a couple of times. But after the second or third time, Bill Lambert pit him right on his ass. He would have been having second thoughts every time he left his feet. And I know this is going to get me a lot of heat from people, but I really don't care. LeBron playing in the 90s would have been averaging just barely over 20 points a game. Think about this. Jordan scored over 30 in his career, playing more of a physical game than LeBron has ever imagined playing. And LeBron, guess what? He is an average player in the 90s where no babies are allowed. And since I've become that back in the day, things were better guy, I might as well jump in with both feet. Uh, hopefully it's on, with the feet of the topic. <laughs> Thanks for that commentary on the last dance. Also, we, you hate LeBron. We get it. We uh, Yeah, we gave him the, the topic this week was East versus West Coast rapping. Uh, kind of in like from back then and where it started and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Let's, I don't know. And I, we're, I, I trust the man. Let's see where he takes it. And I'm getting to it, John and Chris. Just be patient. I'll wrap it up and get to the topic. I'm teasing the tip right now. That's all I'm doing. I'm stroking the tip. I'm audio edging you until you're ready to explode. And I'll deliver the goods. I promise. Just be patient. And just like I said, no babies were allowed in the NBA in the 90s. The same thing goes for the hip-hop game. No fucking babies are allowed. We got rappers nowadays talking about what they got and you don't have. The rappers back in the 90s used to talk about society, used to talk about the problems that the black man faced every single day. And what do you get? You get fucking Drake rapping about what he's got. Got everything, I got everything. I cannot complain, I cannot. I don't even know how much I really made. I forgot, it's a lot. Fuck that, never mind what I got. Okay, Drake, why tell us in the first place just to tell us, never mind what I got? Fuck you, Drake, you Canadian piece of shit. Nigga, don't watch that, cause I came up, that's all me. Stay true, that's all me. Just a quick question, Drake. How the fuck did you stay true? You started off on the goddamn Disney Channel. Now you're just trying to act like you had a hard upbringing. You had to struggle. Fuck you, Drake. You know the guys from NWA, the ones that are still alive and the ones that didn't die from AIDS? Uh, yeah, they would be laughing at you. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back. Now, even though this song came out before the 90s, I'll still pit it there, what I'm trying to say. But who would have thought that N.W.A. 32 years later would have a song that is the 
anthem of what we're going through in the United States of America. Do you think that anything Drake has written in present day is going to 32 years later be pertinent to what's going on in society? Hell no. They're going to be like, who the hell is that F word for gays that thought he could be a hip hop artist? Whoa, why did why wouldn't you just say it? Yeah, come on, Todds. I thought you were irreverent, sir. He's just say it. It's <laughs> not like you have a career to throw away. <laughs> oh, no. hey, I'm just saying it's get back. He once told us that. <laughs> yeah. And then he wasn't wrong. But also, no. No, that's true. I, and I I'm mean, not getting canceled. He, How about you do it, Tuds? I, and I agree with him because I don't really like LeBron or Drake, but he really hates LeBron, LeBron and Drake. LeBron is the Drake of the NBA, apparently. And Drake is the LeBron of rapping. The Canadian version, yeah. Right, like a Canadian. <laughs> Put you in your place. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minor. That line that Ice Cube just delivered, they have the authority to kill a minority will be better than anything Drake will ever do in his whole entire career. Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one for a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. But the reason that I compared Drake to NWA was I just wanted to show you the comparisons of present day hip hop artists compared to 90s or back in the day hip hop artists. There's no comparison. Back in the day, they had substance to their lyrics. The substance of hip hop writers today is null and void. There is nothing that they're saying in their music anymore. Now, the reason I played NWA was because I'm talking about beefs. I'm talking about East Coast, West Coast, but one of the first diss tracks that I remember growing up was a little song that Ice Cube wrote about his former members of NWA because they were talking shit. And you know what Ice Cube said? Fuck you guys. Here's my deal. Goddamn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard, now you just went soft. Bird, you was down with the AK. And now I see you on a video with Michelet looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming, that's why I went solo. It kept on stomping. Well, y'all motherfuckers move straight out of Compton. Living with the whites, one big house. And not another nigga in sight. Back to my point, Cube was basically calling out the other members of NWA of you guys have begun soft, you forgot where you came from, and you're not giving us any substance in your lyrics anymore. I started off with too much cargo. Drop four niggas now making all the dough. White man just fooling. The niggas with attitudes, who you fooling? Y'all niggas just phony. I put that on my mama and my dead hoes. Yellow boys on your team, so you're losing. Hey, yo, Drake, stick to producing. I, I kind of agree that, that music has gotten a little softer nowadays, especially rap, because it used to be really fucking brutal back then. And exactly. I don't necessarily disagree with anything he's saying, but uh, okay, Tud, so now we know all about the West Coast versus itself beef. Now you want to throw in a little East Coast for us on the actual topic? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're officially teased. Um, you know, you, you teased the topic, as you said. Uh, Jesus Christ, sir, you are like the sting of podcasting. Yeah, Tantric I, podcasting, sir. I understand. We are officially teased. I do get the uh, metaphor a little better now with the basketball that he was bringing up in the beginning. Because at yeah. first I was like, where the fuck is he going with this? Okay, we all saw the last <laughs> dance. Okay? Yeah. yeah we I, get it. I, I, so John and Chris from Funny to Informing wanted me to talk East Coast versus West Coast. I thought I might be able to give you this in-depth report on what the East Coast, West Coast rap battle was all about. It's plain and simple. I don't need long. Biggie, Tupac, 
were both wrestling fans. They were. A lot of people didn't know this. Biggie and Tupac were wrestling fans. They were like, hey, how can we integrate this whole wrestling world into our hip-hop career? And they were like, hey, let's do this. Let's work a gimmick. If a lot of people don't know the wrestling lingo, a gimmick is like a storyline. And you got to always stick with the gimmick, no matter what. They came up with this gimmick, and it became too real. And the marks... The marks started believing it. And now, once again, wrestling lingo. If you don't know what that is, a mark is a super fan and will do anything to please their wrestler, the guy they root for. They turned a work. Now, a work in the wrestling terminology is it is you're playing. We're working with each other. We're acting. But what happened is that the working became too real. And then this East Coast, West Coast battle turned into a shoot. Now, if you don't know what a shoot is, a shoot fight, a shoot match is we're throwing real punches, but everything is still planned out. And for the most part, the reason why a work turns into a shoot because one of the other wrestlers is working too stiff. And by stiff means you're coming in too hard. You're not pulling your punches. You're taking it to the next level. Basically, I'm going to break this down in the simplest form that I can. Biggie, Tupac, wrestling fans. The Marks, which are their fans, they turned the gimmick, which was meant to be a work, but they were being too stiff and took the work and turned it into a shoot. And that's why Biggie and Tupac are no longer here. That is a sad, sad thing because I could only imagine the type of music if Biggie and Tupac were still alive that they would be able to write in the world that we're living in. It's crazy that their love for wrestling deprived us from so much music that could be happening in the past, present and future because I could only imagine how crazy things would be if Biggie and Tupac were still around. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed Tuttle's 10. I want to thank John and Chris from Funny to Informing having me on. Follow me on Twitter at Tuttle. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E. I'll see you next week, bitches. Love you. Bye. Thank you, Tuttle. Thanks, As Tuts. always. We love you too, buddy. Yeah, but wow. damn it, with the uh, metaphors, man. Wh- what? Uh, and then wh- he went on wrestling and... <sighs> now, if you don't know what that is, <laughs> that's where two men step into a ring. <laughs> a ring, if uh, you don't a know ring, what that if is. if you don't know what that is, is uh, <laughs> what Tuttle once gave a woman and she gave it back to him. Um, and by a woman, <laughs> by I a mean woman. a girl with long hair <laughs> and, and a And if you don't vagina. know what that is... <laughs> Uh, we love you, Tuttle. Uh, that's why we give you ten minutes, man. Like you can run on, you run on it. Like it's we don't give you parameters. We give you a topic and ten minutes, and you gave us ten minutes worth of shit to uh, rag on you for, I'm, and we I'm, love you for it, bud. I'm gonna be honest. The uh, metaphors were going over my head. Yeah, the, the, I still, even though he explained what the terms, the mark meant, I'm like, shoots what? on the dude in the gap. I don't know. And I he's stiff it. or stiff. something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You get stiff and then you shoot on Mark. Is that uh, what happens? <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Thank you, Tuttle. Uh, we always appreciate it. I can't wait for the next one already. Yeah. But the next one is seven. It's yeah. Next one will six. be number seven. That's fine. Uh, we'll count. Don't worry about it, Tuds. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Episode six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a break. And I know I want to go to at least some kind of rap mashup. I've actually got a uh, a song featuring Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G. There we go. Okay, so yeah, uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to episode 140, Funny to Informing. Check it. I grew up a fucking screw up. Got introduced to the game. Got an ounce of fucking blood. Chopping rocks overnight. 
the nigga Biggie Smalls trying to turn into the black Frank White. We had the no dreads to change our description. Two cops is on the milk box missing. Showed they clothes, you know they got stepped on. A fist full of bullets, a chest full of Teflon. Run from the police, picture that. Nigga, I'm too fat. I fuck around and catch an asthma attack. That's why I bust back. It don't phase me. When he drop, take his clock and I'm spacing. Celebrate my escape, solar clock, what some weight? Lay back, I got some money to make. Motherfucker. Welcome back to Funny to Informing, episode 140. I'm John. That's Chris Pizza Peisenberg Coleman. It is us. Uh, the show where we focus on the joke first with uh, bits of information and stuff from the news, personal stories, sometimes interviews. And uh, Ooh, that rhymes. You got to Let's fucking trademark that. Ooh, okay. That's how we got to say it every time. News, sometimes interviews. Yeah, and my ass hurts. Back to you and the pimple popper, John. Yeah. Well, part of this is personal stories, so I had to share what was going on with me. That's very personal. And I know I wasn't the first one that thought of a pube loofah, and I really do have a pimple on my ass. I think you're the first one to coin the term. Oh, I don't know. Um, and so to uh, awkwardly segue it, I know you watched the documentary, so I'm ready to move on. Talk about awkward. Enough about me. Another week, another <laughs> documentary, sir. Yeah, and I think, didn't you say it was kind of related to what Tuttle was talking about? Yeah, I like to, you know how I like to theme things as much as possible. And uh, yeah, going on that, why don't we just like jump right into What's Up Doc? Right on. What's up, Doc? Can we rock? What's up, Doc? Can we rock? What's up, Doc? Can we rock? What's up, Doc? 
What's up, Doc? Mm. What's up, Doc? This is heavy duty, Doc. This is great. Mm. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? We really mean it. What's up, Doc? It's my weekly documentary review segment. Documentaries are one of my favorite forms of entertainment. I watch as many of them as I can each week. And uh, when I find one that sticks out that I want to really talk about, I bring it to the show and I try to give you guys a review without spoiling it. Please don't spoil it. Okay, I won't. <laughs> my intro is very funny to John. And this week uh, we have we have a hilarious I'm, documentary. It's I'm a cry <laughs> laughing. I cannot. It's that, it's that intro, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that intro music is pretty funny. What's up, Dad? Got me good this week, buddy. <laughs> Bugs Bunny makes everyone laugh, John. Yeah, which uh, which documentary did you watch this, this week? This week I watched on the theme of what Tuttle kind of was piggybacking off of. Wrestling. Just kidding. East Coast, West Coast rap battle. It's not necessarily pertaining to the rap battle itself, but it is, uh, it, it is very much uh, LA-centric. LA Originals. It's a Netflix original documentary. Is that what it's called? Yep. Uh, LA Originals is the title. It's available on Netflix. Um, it is, uh, I think it's new to 2020. I just saw it posted up a few weeks ago, and I think our, uh, our friend and one of our favorite listeners, Jim, uh, put it in the group. Uh, he asked me had I seen it yet, and I told him it was on my list. I got to it, and I wanted to kind of bring you guys a little bit of a review. It uh, well, how long is it? It's uh, an hour and twenty, hour and thirty minutes, regular film length. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, okay, it's it's, could, it's great. I really enjoyed it, and I, I like the ones that you watch that are on Netflix because I feel like that's what everybody has. Everybody like, has Netflix. There's all the other ones, but, but get Hulu, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm just that. telling you, get Hulu. There's only a few of them have I watched that are on like Amazon Prime only. Like those are those are fewer and far between because it's a lesser used thing. Even I use it less. So yeah, so this one actually got to well, I guess L.A. Origins. It probably talks about more of the West Coast or lean sports. Yeah, that. Absolutely, just kind of about the West Coast end of it. I mean, if I had and if I had, if I could have found one that was maybe about the two, and there's a there's a handful of things uh, featured featuring the East Coast West Coast thing, kind of Tupac's death and Biggie's death and stuff like that. But I just wanted to this just this seemed really really I don't know really artistic and creative, and I'm glad that I watched it. It was very artistic well, and creative. You know what? Because I don't know too much about like what was happening behind the scenes and stuff like that. I I, I this is to about the, like the up and coming of the LA culture as kind of as we know it today yeah as it had his heyday through the 90s and 2000s i listened to their music but i never really got into like who they were as people or like the beef that they had i knew that there was one oh yeah that existed but big and and tupac yeah 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 they they definitely had their beef and this honestly doesn't even talk that much about that this is more about the west coast kind of uh uh hip-hop culture and it actually delves a little deeper into uh like the chicano culture that exists there uh the mexicans that uh that immigrated you know, north into Southern California, and how kind of their kind of their foothold and artistic uh, you know additions to the culture as as we kind of knew it in the '90s and 2000s. Yeah, well, and I mean, because I have seen one about the South when I guess uh, Andre 3000. Okay, when, that sounds interesting. There's a documentary on that. Uh, I don't know if it was just like briefly mentioned in like a short video. Okay, or if it actually was a full full documentary. But like one of the awards that uh, Outcast had to accept. Way way back when, uh, you know he he was the one I guess who got eyes on the South 
for you know like the, this outcast this, yeah really. yeah because I mean, no, time because everything was east and west at the time and nobody's paying attention to you know georgia or yeah absolutely uh, mississippi nobody or, had anything any idea what was going on in other areas of the country because the east and the west kind of took it over yeah yeah exactly because those were two you know titans uh Oh yeah, there's an Andre. It says the Andre three thousand oh, wow. documentary. Well, guys, uh, guess what'll be coming soon? <laughs> it's, yeah, on it, what's up, Doc? The Andre three thousand documentary, <laughs> the, and I will screw that intro up too. Don't worry about it. That one looked new. It was uh, from like 2018. I okay, think I cool. Saw, well, so. I'm definitely gonna find that and watch it. But yeah. uh, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. We sound like Tuttle doing a segment. <laughs> Let's just segue. And then, uh, what are your thoughts on the Rock? <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about rap a little bit? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so wrestling works like this. Hip hop, if you don't know <laughs> now if you don't know hip-hop is uh the mix of hippity and hoppity <laughs> and that uh, began in 1987 <laughs> you're uh, shooting mark and it's stiffen look like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. i'm gonna stiffly shoot mark anyway um uh, this focuses on uh, on a couple of guys uh, from the again the more the Chicano kind of uh, kind of background. Both uh, Mexican uh, family uh, immigrants were kind of their background. Uh, one is named uh, his real name you won't know, Mike Machado. You might have heard of John probably hasn't. That's, but, a, that's a pretty badass name. But uh, but Rocky might have heard of uh, Mr. Cartoon, one of the premier, probably the mir- the premier tattoo artist in the world at least through the definitely in the 90s and 2000s okay no i'd never heard of him i'm like like i was saying i'm pretty ignorant to this so i okay you well, know so so he would so i would assume he mr would cartoon tattoos if, for famous tat- dude if you were anybody in the uh, on the west coast of the country in the 90s 2000s probably even to this day you got tattooed by cartoon that's name name a hip hop artist through that era, John. Mm. They, I'm guaranteeing they make an appearance in in this documentary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like well, even like Killer Mike, or no, no, somebody no, no, like no, that no. through or? the 90s and 2000s. Oh so. no, a little further back. See, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I, that's what I don't know. I well, can't even like Fifty Cent, Eminem. This was kind of at the end of it. D, Nelly, most of D12, <laughs> probably Nelly. Although I didn't see him on there, uh, he was more of a middle of the country like Ja Rule, Ja Rule, uh, Nas, Jay Z, Beyonce, Beyonce, and Destiny's Child days. Christina Aguilera, fucking Fred Durst. I mean, I uh, and these are not just rappers, but I mean, actually, also I, well, the yeah. game mentions them in rap songs. Um, the Pussycat Dolls. The, I mean, probably uh, not wow. that they're related to any wow. of this. <laughs> I, I doubt they had that kind of money. I I, I'll tell you this: Eminem paid fifty thousand dollars for a tattoo from this guy. I was just about to ask how expensive it was. Well, they don't actually. necessarily get into prices, but they did mention that uh, one is actually his partner, who's also featured in this documentary, Estevan Oriol. He is a uh, he's a prominent photographer who began as tour manager for House of Pain, and he met House of Pain through Cypress Hill. Oh my God! And he was a photographer, also a Chicano kind of guy. Uh, his family was uh, Italian and Mexican. Um, his family split up. It tells about this in the documentary. He went to live on with his mother, who was actually the Italian side. But uh, it's really cool. And the, they kind of explain this in the documentary. They say if you're of two separated cultures and your parents split and you go to live with one or the other, you kind of go through this uh, this reckoning. Like, where do I come from? In this guy's case, am I Italian? Am I Mexican? What am I? And he and they said he jumped on the, I guess because he was in Southern California, it was more natural. He jumped on his Mexican heritage and rode with that culture throughout yeah. his life. And I mean, you and you always have pride of where you're from. Absolutely. So, yeah. And he was very proud of it. They were all very proud of it. And they kind of rode the wave and kind of brought into prominence what is the, uh, what was the west coast culture from the from the early 90s through the mid 90s the the graffiti tagging um uh cartoon started his uh started his career as a graffiti artist 
He turned that into airbrushing and uh, painting cars, mostly pen striping. Turned that into uh, the West Coast and probably one of the world's most prominent tattoo artists. Well, yes, because you already Bryant know. Bryant had, ta- had tattoos from this man. Everybody who was anybody has Mr. Cartoon yeah, and w- tattoos. And when them. you're sitting there, like, getting a tattoo, you know that you're going to hear some crazy stories or, you know, you're going to develop a relationship with these people. And, like, oh, absolutely. the same thing for a photographer um, or, uh, like, an artist. Like have, that. Now, this fits Rocky's bill more so than anything, but uh, Blink-182 was prominently featured in this documentary as well because Travis Barker is covered. If you've not seen Travis Barker... Oh, my God. He's covered in tattoos. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are done by cartoon. The uh, the He's got praying hands on the side of his head that say Barker. Uh, for his family name, that was the first tattoo he talks about it that he ever got from Cartoon. Developed a friendship off of getting that tattoo done just because they had like-minded views and Barker was very big into that whole culture of the West Coast. It's a super hardcore West Coast guy. Um, and he got a bunch more tattoos done by Cartoon and they're the best tattoos on his body. Yeah, this this is like a Tuttle's 10. Because it's like, let's talk about like no, with the rap music and then it's the Yeah, but this artist. is just about West Coast culture. It's not about oh, West Coast, yeah. East Coast beef. No, it's LA oh, originals. Oh, oh. It's not, it has nothing to do with beef. It's about the LA culture of so, the 90s and 2000s rising to prominence kind of through through the lens, uh, literally the lens of uh, of your your Estevan Oriole guy as being a photographer and, uh, and, and his meeting with Mr. Cartoon and how they both... Uh, they were kind of partners. They were their be- their best friends for twenty five, thirty years. They created a career out of one uh, doing the tattoo work and paintings and airbrushings for famous people, well, for normal people. And Estevan is who brought Cartoon his first ever famous. Uh, famous client right after he started doing tattoos people were immediately stunned because this guy was an amazing artist his whole life he started he translated that into tattoos and Estevan because he started his career as tour manager for Cypress Hill and House of Pain he brought uh, one of the guys from Cypress Hill and said you got to get a tattoo by my buddy he's one of the greatest tattoo artists I've ever seen he had a tattoo on his arm he showed that off to the guy from Cypress Hill he jumped in and the next thing you know he's tattooing every celebrity in the West Coast mm, so in Cypress so, Hill I think is one is probably like my favorite group out well, of uh, if you've like ever seen a Cypress especially. Hill album cover Oh yeah, yeah. Cartoon. Yeah. Here's here's how they here's how their 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 friendship formed into a career into an empire. Cartoon would do all of the graphic artwork, the fonts, the logos, the drawings, all of the liner okay. photos. Estevan Oriol. That's badass. This documentary is directed by Estevan Oriol. He then uh, he's done. Uh, he did uh, Rocky. I'm sure super familiar with the song as a. Uh, as a, a Blink-182 guy who only kind of knows the most famous stuff, are you familiar with the song Down? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever seen the video for it? Um, yeah, definitely. I saw, it's one of their most famous videos. and It's, it's tax- one of their favorite ones. They say it's super L.A.-centric. It's like you see real L.A. in that, in that video is w- what they yeah. describe it Yeah, and I it think as. it's also got a um, Nightmare Before Christmas motif to it. Oh, does it? Yeah, and um, yeah, that dude, is he's been all over the place, like you said. He's very prominent in punk rock, too, especially Southern is California. Southern California, rock. absolutely. So there was a Chicano phase. It's amazing. Like, the lines bleed. It's very hip-hop and gangster-oriented, but the lines bleed where you have your Blink-182 and everything else come into it with your, your Southern California yeah. punk. Well, and people that don't know, like me think that they're they're so far apart but then i guess they're actually travis not. barker i mean he listens to punk rock but he doesn't listen to blink 182 bro he listens to hip-hop yeah, he's he, hardcore. He, he would in another life he would be 
you know, a, a gangster guy or whatever, except for he's really tiny and he's, you know, <laughs> they, he was he was hired on from the Aquabats to join Blink-182 after Absolutely. their drummer left. Their drummer left to go to college, of all things. I think we did trivia on my show about <laughs> Do, that. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, we did, actually. But uh, it, anyway, the Down video, which is one of Blink-182's biggest videos ever and one of their favorites as a band, was directed by Estevan Oriol. That is, that is crazy. If anyone has ever seen the L.A. Fingers logo... If uh, I'm sure you've seen it everywhere, John. You've, are you not familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah L with with your right hand, and A then, with your left hand. That's an, that began as a photograph from a Chicana gang member who just randomly at a photo shoot that they did at the L.A. Basin, the L.A. River, one of the most famous. If you've seen any car chase scenes in a movie, you've seen fucking cars chasing through the L.A. River. They were there doing a photo shoot, and he said she randomly threw that up. He snapped a pic of it, and it's now one of the most iconic photos of all time Yeah, to well, depict L.A. There's like millions of people. It's almost like got milk or something where you're like, how did I not think of that? Yeah. Especially when you live in a place like L.A. Like It should come naturally to you. You can make an L and then just drop well, your hand down. It's and- funny because he said at the time uh, certain uh, places wouldn't run that photo because of the gang affiliation with it. Ah, that's because a- of the hand signals and, and she was a Chicana gang member. But I don't know. It's it's super. It's one of the more interesting documentaries I've seen. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. Obviously, interviews are amazing. What's amazing is the director is the gentleman that the documentary is one of the gentlemen is featured about. So he has archives going back all the way to the beginning of of his career. Where literally he was just a photographer and uh, and uh, Muggs, DJ Muggs, who produced House of Pain's first record and the Jump Around album. It's cool. They show you the board that they mix that record on and how he made the sound for the horn in the Jump Around song. It was really cool. But anyway, DJ Muggs knew Estevan. They were looking for a tour manager for House of Pain's first ever tour, which featured Cypress Hill. And he said, I know a responsible guy, Estevan, be their tour manager. And that's how he got and the job. You are- and he spun that. From tour manager, he spun that into a career of photography because he would go on all these tours. After House of Pain and Cypress Hill blew up, they would tour with Limp Biscuit, the Fugees, uh, Lauren Hill solo. Maybe like Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang, all these guys, Method Man, Red Man, all these guys, they would tour on these giant tours all over the world doing this. He said all these groups would be there. He would be the only man with a camera. He's taking wow. all these photos, and then music magazines want it. He spins it into selling in music, music magazines and rises to prominence as a photographer. See, like that brings up that classic argument of like sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And then like if it's you just these, have a connection like that, and it, you're just like... I oh. feel like, yeah, had Cartoon stayed on his his path, he might have been a great, a great tattoo artist. Who knows? Maybe he never would have gotten into tattoos. Had Esteban stayed on his path, on his own, who knows if we would have ever heard of him. But these two men he, crossed paths. They yep. met at a club club in LA realized they were they had exactly like mindedness they it even talks about how how uh, uh one of them goes home and tells his parents like I met this really cool guy and like we think a lot about the same and we're going to you know we're going to take over the world and they take over the world like for a little while they were if uh, they've done Snoop album covers, they've done. I mean, again. So I mean, when people say that, you think collaboration it's bull- at its finest. Yeah, you think it's bullshit. You're like, okay, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take over, yeah. and then like sometimes. And they did. Yeah, it's very tangible. Like you know, it's a small world. How close you can be to somebody who really just like takes off, and you're like, damn. Yeah, it kind of and it delves into uh, you know the rise to prominence, kind of their height of fame, and then kind of how it dropped off as the in 2008 when the economy took a shit. Um, and I, I don't know. It's it, and it kind of talks about they didn't split. These guys are still best friends, but just how their kind of careers kind of split. And Estevan kind of falls onto hard times because 
photography and the West Coast culture aren't so big anymore. Now it's other stuff. Uh, but cartoon continues to rise to prominence because tattoos never die. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, adjusting with the times, yeah, one does, yeah. is going to last longer than the other. Or one, Absolutely. You know, going to be more, because everybody just has digital photos. They have digital albums right. that they can go through. It or talks they have, about that a little bit, too, how... Uh, how how uh, Estevan uses film throughout. Uh, after everybody started switching to digital, he was one of the ones to stick to film, and that's kind of one of his features that makes him stand out as a yeah. as an artist. He has a uh, he has several um, several books of photography out, and they were thumbing through them on here, and so it's some of the most beautiful and iconic like uh, photos of L.A. And real LA, as well as uh, he's done tons and tons of celebrities, tons of celebrities. If any, if you're anybody on the West Coast, you've been photographed by this man. If you're anybody in in known culture, you've been photographed by him. Okay, and his photographs um, are amazing. Should, should we get into the digi here?s Yeah, we'll wrap it up with some digis. Yeah, let's get into that. Did you hear that? To you live in the physical, digital, download, fever. We reaching critical mass. We give it our role. We love if you give us a little back. We can't be too mad at you for clicking on that. Yo, did you hear? Horror show all up in your ear. Yo, did you hear? Did you hear? And we got some stuff. Related to everything going on right now and some stuff to take your mind off of what's going on right now in the world. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's not all good news this week, but it's not all bad either. Yeah. Um, so do you want to start it? Yeah, uh, I can kick it off. Okay. Back to me in the studio, John. <laughs> uh, this is, I don't know. I felt like this one, I should start this one off. This is a big story. Hold on. Let's start oh, off with yeah, these shots. It. There you go. Rocky, cheers. Rocky's been our server today. He's been making us chicken. He's frying and fish. No, I don't know about chicken, but fish. Oh, John, is that what it is? It's fine. John doesn't know proteins. I, I, don't, um, I don't know my smells. <laughs> he doesn't know his <laughs> smells. Yeah, that's not a fart, John. That's food. But, I said, uh, Rocky just good brought morning, us ladies. Uh, mixed shots with like little chips of ice in there. I feel like I'm at a fancy prime bar so let's cheers and we'll do this and get right into digis oh ice cold i might get a brain freeze from that oh yeah it's coming Ooh, if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain a <laughs> little bit of a brain freeze <laughs> oh boy Ooh, okay if you like rocky's mixed drink and getting frozen in the brain uh, uh yeah nice pina colada shot i like it that was delicious rock good job i got a little sippy sip for later yeah yeah okay but so I now we can off start with this. this is one of the most prominent stories i feel like that might be featured this week uh, i just happened to see this in passing yesterday online and i was like oh let me find this story i gotta talk about it but uh minneapolis obviously the location of george floyd's uh murder at the hands of police officer uh chauvinistic asshole uh it's gonna go down in history now yep uh, Minneapolis may be the first city to dismantle the police. Dismantle? Dismantle. Or defund? Well, as we dismantle. record... Dismantle. Wow. Defund and dismantle. On Sunday, after weeks of protests following the police killing of George Floyd, a veto-proof majority of Minneapolis city council members pledged to dissolve the city's police department and create a new system for providing public safety. Wow. Uh, there's a quote on Twitter. You know what? They should be the first. 
Well, I mean, uh, that is the home of it's. It's where it all started. It, where where this nationwide this time. There's been these things before, though. Ferguson, Missouri, New York City, Eric Garner. No, but I mean, the, I can, no, no. I'm, I'm speaking in terms of like the response. This of time it. now, no, I know, but yeah, but, there was riots after fucking uh, at Ferguson, Missouri. Well, and I don't, but I don't know if you know this, but like every they single, weren't nationwide. Every single state has protested now George yeah, Floyd's death. Absolutely, not every single state ever did this in the past. No, you're, you know, you're right. You're right. And you know what? Maybe that's they why it's have, a story. Neither here nor there. To me. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I, I don't know. It, it could have happened anywhere. But yeah, right now, this time, right here, right now, with that being the location, it, what better spot than the Minneapolis? What better time than now? Yeah, right here, right now. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more Rage Against the Machine, but you can go. <laughs> what better? You time? can go lame with it. Mean, that's fine. <laughs> I got super weird. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I like I like the Rage one better. Yeah, much better. But yeah. uh, there's a there's a quote from one of the council members, Jeremiah Ellison, on Twitter that says, uh, "We are going to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department and." when we're done we're not simply going to glue it back together we are going to dramatically rethink how we approach public safety and emergency response well my question would be are you going to reevaluate that before you dismantle the police or after and hopefully before because if after what are you going to do in the meantime is it going to be just anarchy rape riot rob kill crazy and just yeah just pillage uh you know yeah. and i don't know if um fucking viking days in minneapolis who, who would whoa <laughs> ironically <laughs> i the, know the mini the minnesota vikings are gonna run roughshod through minneapolis <laughs> literally hide your kids hide your wives that, I, they I, raping everybody i'm saying <laughs> they, they should be first i mean i and, and then everybody else can see what happens man but i don't know like they don't even have anybody to train that is like any newcomers coming in if nobody really sticks around or if they yeah, dismantle I it all together. Here's the thing. The country, the federal government's not going to let them not go with any kind of a, a response or oh, emergency. It'll be, it'll be so like, they'll send the National Guard. Yeah. Yeah. What, what that would be, that could potentially be martial law until this shit gets settled, though. They could. I don't know. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, that, I'm not saying really I'm, I'm against it, but I'm not maybe necessarily for it. Like, I, like, give us a plan. I just feel like this is a really general statement. We're gonna no more police. Well, what are you doing to replace the police? That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like this is new to to all of us. You know what I mean? So, like, the, it is a super scary situation to be, to, to think about. Where, like that lull of there's really no officers uh, that can enforce the law, but at the same time, like something needs to be done. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, and then like, does the National Guard coming in make it better? Like who know? Like it we doesn't haven't say the National Guard's coming in, but we're that's we're that's, to presume that. that. Yeah, that's that's to be assumed. I mean, it wraps up by saying the council's plan seems to go beyond this proposal. Although exactly what council members plan to replace the minneapolis police department with remains unclear it makes me think now that minneapolis is like is like a lab rat or like the very yeah, first like absolutely. the trial the trial version they're of, guinea pig yeah exactly yeah. And, and just the first ones to have to deal with something if they like were this. a gerbil we could put them in your ass <laughs> yeah. back to you in the studio john if i had a gerbil i'd use it as a loofah okay <laughs> um oh yeah it, and it's kind of backpacking off of what you said um you know with this <laughs> with this police reform okay um but the they're, they're saying that the the democrats primarily are the one that are trying to unveil this Snowflakes! uh <laughs> yeah freaking liberals Libtards! <laughs> they're they are trying to enforce Cucks! this uh police reform bill and uh it's going to be called the Justice in Policing Act, is what they're trying to. Mm, okay. Mm, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> no justice, no police. Isn't that the chant? Oh no, no, no peace. My bad. They could have, if they would have sat on it for like a day, they could have came up with a better name than that. Mm, while they're down there, they can wiggle. Justice in Policing Act, and uh, it would ban 
chokeholds, um, including the kind that was ah. used against George Floyd. Okay, I think a lot of departments are have rolled that back since. I know, uh, famously, Brevard County right here has not. They still have a chokehold policy in place. Uh, well, it, it, so don't go over there and commit crimes, guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was going to say, there's certain areas like... I know pick, it's hard when you're in Cocoa, because that's a shithole. But pick your spots lay to be... off on the crimes, guys. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's another like another part of it is no-knock warrants. They're trying to uh, get rid of no-knock warrants. At, that's ridiculous. They shouldn't have those as it is. Uh, as it, uh, it causes uh, deaths on both sides well, and way more than it should. The one that's getting talked about a lot is the Breonna Taylor Thank you. One. That's it, the one, the first one that comes to mind. Was that Louisville... Uh, I think it was in I don't Louisville. know about Louisville, but it was in Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. You got to say it like uh, you got a mouthful of molasses. <laughs> Louisville. Yeah. And like they're they're sitting there trying to um, uphold a warrant for an Louisville arrest. Slugger. I yeah. barely know her. Oh. I'll shoot her. But Won't um, you, officer? But I'm um, <laughs> They, <laughs> sorry, sorry. They, but yeah, so supposedly they're serving a warrant that somebody is already in jail for. So the, the person that they're looking yeah. for in wrong air quotes, house, wrong person, wrong everything. Yeah, and wrong. Somebody died over that, you know. And Absolutely, I feel, uh, I think I I told this on what's the fuss uh, recently, uh, but I feel like they shot like twenty bullets and hit her eight times, maybe more. That's terrible. Uh, That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, like no knock warrants, uh, you know, as an example of that, or uh, chokeholds, like the one that George Floyd was dealing with, yeah. or um, uh, Eric Garner. Eric that Garner shit was ridiculous. It was a straight up like UFC style chokehold. Yeah, and, and he was he, trying to tap out. They wouldn't let. They wouldn't let up. And it's important with everything going on that we, you know, we keep saying their names. We keep bringing up the situation so that it, so that it's known that like you know, uh, one, Black Lives Matter, but two, this this has to stop at some point. This has to end. It has to. Absolutely. You know, and then everybody who's saying like all lives matter too, like oh, uh, that's not what the the whole oh, Black buddy, Lives Matter thing is about. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I all lives do matter, and guess what? The Black Lives Matter movement doesn't disagree with you. It's not the time to preach all lives matter. Yeah, well, and that's obvious, that's not, of course. That's not where the fires need to be put out. Exactly. Let's put out the one fire, and then we'll and then and then if the rest of all the lives matter are in trouble, then we'll go to that. But yeah. guess what? They're not so much in trouble like the other ones are right now. No, yeah, nobody else is dealing with the same amount of issues. So that it's yeah, it's just what we're giving attention to right now. And also, don't give me that bullshit about white people are killed. Uh, so many more white people are killed than black people. It's all a like numbers game, man. If there's eighty percent more white people and white, you know what I mean, and, and but black people are still killed at you know at a rate of thirty percent more than that. There's a discrepancy there. Yeah. obviously, it, you know, it's, like it's a ratio. Simple fucking math, right? Yeah, it's I'm all- terrible math but i understand that <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah it's, ratios guys come on john yeah. said it realize how many that there are and how many you know of the situation of the cases and then see then you can see the difference how many there are oh, john don't clump white people into there no no the situations <laughs> how many kidding. questions i'm that- kidding clump white people into whatever you want nobody cares cracker <laughs> no yeah but uh hopefully this uh justice simple leasing act uh is something that can be enforced soon and uh, a lot what of are they people- gonna do in minneapolis they don't have police <laughs> Justice and National Guardsmen? I mean, what are you going to do? Right? Is that the loophole? Good luck. No, they're not going to. They're going to be like, fuck that. We don't prescribe to that. I don't know. the National Guard. Yeah, I I toss it back to you, sir. Back to me. Okay, this is uh, not so much. It's not a necessarily downer story. Not really a great story. But uh, 
<laughs> do you like how I sell that? This is not a great story, but here it is. <laughs> no, but uh, John, do you remember? Uh, this is your guys uh, from famous from the Philadelphia 76ers, Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah, of course you know that. I name. love Allen Iverson. Well, AI. Apparently, AI uh, signed a deal, a lifetime deal to Reebok back in the day when he was a thing. Yeah, right. Well, I, I used to have Allen Iverson shoes. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, because of uh, because of your diligence and spending money with Reebok on those shoes, he signed a uh, what was the grand total here? Uh, a $32 million contract. Allen Iverson's still relevant? Well, no. In his day, he signed a $32 million contract. Oh, back then. Back then. Okay. It was to for a lifetime contract. The way they lined that out in the, in the contract, the wording was at his 45th birthday, <laughs> he was to receive the full $32 million. Wow. Well, Allen Iverson turned 45 yesterday. As we record. Is he waiting on it? So, Allen Iverson to receive $32 million trust fund in 10 years, over 10 years. So, over from 45 to 55, he receives $10 million pay from Reebok due to his contract. That is kind of a genius when move. When Iverson turned 45 on Sunday, he also reached an important milestone, the 10-year mark from when he can collect his 32... Oh, no. So, he's still got 10 years? No, here you go. Uh, let's see. Iverson famously signed a lifetime deal with Reebok that guaranteed him $32 million trust when he turns 55. Iverson signed this deal with the apparel company in 01 when he was the NBA MVP and just led the Sixers to a finals appearance. Reebok was acquired by Adidas, blah, 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 and they pay Iverson $800,000 yearly salary. Wow. So so I guess they're sitting on his ass. Exactly. He's doing nothing. So so I guess it's uh, $800,000 a year for the next 10 years and then I guess the rest of that 32 million he takes at 55. That's kind of a smart move. I mean, um, I didn't think I didn't I feel like him. they were rolling the dice. They were like this guy is fucking crazy. He chokes out his coach. No, that was free roll. <laughs> yeah, that was it. But Iverson was a ghetto ass motherfucker too, wasn't he? Oh, he's he just like crazy like he was he the one that, from, uh, that he came from nothing and he you know, he was he was pretty gangster, right? He was he yeah, a little bit gangster. Sorta. He was uh, complaining about practice. He said, "Practice, practice, practice." We're, we're talking about practice, not a game. Yeah, not yeah. a game. Practice. But yeah, he was definitely on and off again, controversial figure. But yeah, he just uh, hit a lot more money, and he stands to hit a lot more in just ten years. Wow, I uh, I do like. I just AI. found that those numbers jumped right out at me. I was like, "Well, I remember Iverson and thirty-two million dollars." I'm actually kind of happy from a for contract him. in 01. <laughs> wow, I know. Um, did you hear? That um, the National Weather Station, or is it National Weather Service? Service. Yeah, and I, I, all I saw was NWS. I was like, is it National <laughs> Weather Station or Service? Uh, they confirmed uh, a tornado that was here in, uh, over the weekend. I think partially responsible what? from Tropical Storm Cristobal. Probably. But uh, yeah, so here in Orlando, we do not deal with tornadoes, and it was in our backyard. And I, yeah, I've never seen houses one. houses totally destroyed. You've never seen one? I mean, we're not I in guess Kansas. We don't, yeah. <laughs> okay, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Or Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> or Missouri. Missouri. Whatever. Missouri. But uh, Louisville. Yeah, I thought. I don't know. I thought there had been tornadoes here. Just not. They're not super frequent. I mean, we got you know hurricanes. Well, I hurricanes. feel like they're. I feel like they're on. <laughs> I feel like they're on a lighter scale. Like they're not as yeah, bad. It's not as bad, and they are very short lived if they happen. And yeah, I feel like you're right. There is very little damage if ever caused by them. But uh, yeah, I heard it was bad. They were uh, classic. My up. window was open. I could hear. It was very windy. <laughs> they were classifying it as an EF one, and uh, which it was. Oh, that's uh, nothing technically. Let's be honest. It's like that's like I a mean, baby I, one. I don't. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to the people who are like nothing. It fucking wrecked my entire house. I, I don't mean any disrespect to you. It that's, obviously is not nothing. But I mean, on an EF five scale, you know, when it goes up to five, and we're talking, uh, fucking, what's that movie? 
Oh, Twister. Twister, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Fujita scale five is a finger of God. Yeah, that, was, that one is ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But I did see, I saw a lot of live video of this. It popped up over as a water spout over Lake Conway, and then, which it's very rare. It normally doesn't go from water to land or vice versa. For whatever reason, it stays on whatever it is, land or water. It jumped from the lake to land and ripped up some houses and moved along. It, uh, yeah, and like for it to be EF1, it was at like 105 miles that's per hour. That's fast enough, absolutely. Yeah, and then I can only imagine if you were at the fourth or fifth uh, level, uh, you know, and no, then- that's sounds ridiculous hundreds of yeah hundreds maybe you know it's just that's when you're picking up cows and shit like from like from fucking twister then cows are flying but uh supposedly major damage obviously because it was uh hardly expected that we would have to deal with the tornado and it cut straight through and like you said kind of went across uh the lake and onto land uh so it 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 really it tore off roofs of houses it it took out cars it was it's funny because that's in orlando there was even uh damage done over in daytona apparently no tornadoes formed but i guess straight straight line winds i read uh hit up to like 65 miles an hour in a straight line and ripped up some of the uh uh, Daytona Beach Flea Market over there, which yeah. is and kind I, of a famous flea market. And I'm not sure where... Most fleas in a market. Oh, God. Ever. Uh, but but um, sh- <laughs> I, I think the the like the tropical storm Cristobal though is partially responsible. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I don't know, but I'm yeah. Thinking, let me uh, check my meteorology skills. Yeah, because I know that that was swirling out in the Gulf for yeah, a little bit. It and- would. It would stand to reason that that's the case. And, I, and that's all 2020 needs right now is just something yeah, else tornadoes. to be going on. <laughs> like, fucking Sharknadoes. Murder be nados. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Murder hornet nados. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, You're uh, not my favorite. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So I was cry laughing when we first God came in. It, John. Are you really going to address I, can this? I, can I put in the why I was cry laughing yeah, in, you at, might the well. end, at the end of it? <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll put it at the you end. You want to drop show. some B roll in? Yeah, you guys hang out till the end, and you'll hear me flub an intro. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> John I, could not stop laughing. I could not rate it in and pull it together. <laughs> he could not. Uh, but oh, okay. man. So the next one is yours. Oh, back to me. This is a feel good one. Uh, have you heard of Brad Paisley? Who hasn't? Right, country oh, yeah. music superstar. Oh, I don't yeah. like country at all, but I mean, people know Brad Paisley. I me neither. But yeah, Brad Paisley. That you obviously know who he is. That's like Blake Shelton. I know that one, too. I heard of him, too. Well, yeah, he's on, like, The Voice and shit. But anyway, Brad Paisley, apparently, over the weekend, Brad Paisley kind of paid tribute to uh, a couple of friends from upstate New York, uh, a man named Benjamin Smith, a white man, and a man named Marcus Ellis, a black man, uh, got a a surprise virtual visit from the country music star. Um, He was inspired by their friendship after it went viral online. Apparently, the two, uh, after the George Floyd problem, uh, are killing... um, um, uh, made a sign with the two of them sitting in their driveway with their arms around each other, holding holding a sign while and a beer in the other hand that said uh, the sign said black or white, relax and have a beer. It's just the two of them friends in their driveway having a beer, kind of saying chill the fuck out, guys. You know what I mean? Well, Brad Paisley saw this, liked the message. Oh yeah, it's a, I see it on the Instagram. That's cool. They're like toasting each other, and there's a like a sign. A protest sign stuck in the ground. Oh my God! So simple and so Absolutely. great. Well, it like, went so viral. powerful. Brad Paisley saw it and uh, hit him up uh, with a virtual like a Zoom meeting, and uh, and said, you know, just kind of gave them props for and his appreciation for for the feel good message of it, and you know, just that, that he liked the positivity. He liked it so much he bought out all the beer at a local store by them and had it delivered to their house. Oh my God, that's awesome! AJ's Market in Upstate New York. What? Yep, that's awesome. Bought out all the beer, sent it over to their house, and. Uh, and did a, a toast with them. 
I mean, that's a drop in the bucket for Brad Paisley. Yeah, that's a couple I just, thousand. I don't know. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was a really that a is really awesome. good. Uh, yeah, a really good feel good story. I mean, because I mean, who can combat that message, or who can sit there and get offended by that? Right. You know, you can't. You can't. Oh, that's and, cool. There's a photo of. Uh, Somebody from like I guess Brad Paisley had hired to come in with a fucking a, a MacBook. Oh my god, he up. sent a proxy. Yeah, he sent a proxy <laughs> who's with there with mask on in their driveway, holding up a uh, MacBook computer with Brad Paisley on it, being like, "Cheers, guys! Here's a thousand fucking beers." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he well, yeah he bought awesome. out hundreds of dollars with the beer at AJ's Beer Warehouse and sent it to the duo before hopping on a virtual call with them on Saturday as they enjoyed some drinks with their friends and families. So, and they can probably further spread their positive message absolutely, that with that. spreads it further. Absolutely, yeah, it does, yeah. for sure. Then it becomes that Pepsi commercial all over again where Kendall Jenner or whichever Jenner is giving out all Pepsi like at the oh, like God. during the riot lines. Yeah, that's and become a meme ever that since. That was like a few years ago that yeah. that commercial came out at like the Super Bowl. She relieved the tensions with a Pepsi. Oh, God bless Whoa. you. Uh, Bitch RC or go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Uh, okay, so the last one that I have is that a Tesla battery... Uh, supplier cattle c-a-t-l cattle uh, it's a chinese car battery maker uh they say that they're ready to manufacture a battery that could go for 1.2 million miles across without the, recharging across the course of a 16 year lifespan yeah no with recharge okay but it won't have to be replaced over that amount of time yeah that's wow. crazy wow a car battery that can go a million miles that's impressive um, I, I don't, I don't know. That's got to be super expensive, though. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, it really right? changes up that proclaimer song too. Well, because I, <laughs> I would drive one million miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I always thought that they made that shit to purposefully break, you know, or to absolutely to, like tires. Yeah, yeah. They well, could make, you know, the thing is, they're always like they could make a tire that would last their whole life, but they don't because there's no money in it. I yeah. don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like they could make them last longer. And I don't know why Tuttle gave us that story, but I, um, I, I, <laughs> I know. But uh, but I felt voice. like uh, yeah, I, they could make it last longer than it does, but they don't. Yeah, well, like they always say, Edison's light bulb is still lit to this day in a museum. Really? Yeah, uh-uh. that's what they say. I did not know that. And like, <laughs> I don't know who they are, but they're not saying it loud enough. <laughs> They can make light bulbs last forever, but uh, that, that was the first product that I heard of like, oh, yeah, they design them to break on purpose or blow out, uh, you know, like, so I mean, that you have phone, to buy more. They design your phone to last about 12 to 18 months. And then all of a sudden you, you could last way longer, but where's the money in that? The whole reason I had to buy a new phone was the battery life, not because the phone was in bad shape. Absolutely. The, the battery, the battery life. life. Well, the phone gets in bad shape because you drop it constantly, but there's a new way to protect that. I do have a new way to protect that. I actually just ordered one last night. Did from, you order it? From the decalfjunkie.com. Nice. We have we have a few different things now We on got the some site. new products. I didn't mean to spin that into a commercial, but we were talking about phones. No, but that's so appropriate. So let's just quickly get to it, and then I'll wrap it up with my final digi. Yeah, we do have a, like, a funny to informing phone cases now, and then we have those uh, weird like... like kind of Phone like cases, bucket hats. Bucket hats. Uh, mugs are coming soon, um, but yeah, the socks are already out there. The shirts are out there. You guys know, you guys know what yeah. we already got, but we got new stuff. That's that's coming. It's already on the site now. Yeah, because so. now on our group page, uh, like I think the cover photo on our Facebook page, which is you know, uh, Jim Socks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check that out. Facebook.com slash funny to inform the funny informatives. Uh, it's just the group that we in uh, where we share the stuff that we're talking about right now. Absolutely. Which, uh, we'll share some of these stories over there. Some of the more visual ends of it. Yeah. And you can get to the the last one. Right. Is it? Yeah. The, is it? The I last? got one more. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear the first ever live comedy protest has been canceled? It was advertised to, quote, mix all things protesting and comedy into one bill. It was shut down over concerns things might get out of hand. 
Sad. It sounded like a real laugh riot. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was gonna go. I was gonna go and take my uncle and auntie. Fuh. <laughs> oh my God. All right. We are about to get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy chatting and shoot the shit you can laugh with us or at us. It doesn't matter. And Coleman, tip your stiff marks. Those who wish to follow me. Welcome with my hands And the red sun sinks at last Into the hills of gold And peace to this young warrior Without the sound of guns If I could recollect before my hood days I sit and reminisce Thinking of bliss of the good days I stop and stare at the younger My heart goes to him Hey, test it with stress that and nowadays things change Everyone's ashamed of the youth Cause the truth look strange And for me it's reversed We left them a world that's cursed And it hurts Cause any day they'll push the button And all good men like my comments And Bobby Hutton die for nothing Don't admit it get teary The world looks dreary When you wipe your eyes see it clearly There's no need for you to fear me If you take your time to hear me
What's up, Doc? It's my segment where I like to watch documentaries. It's one of my favorite favorite forms of entertainment. <laughs> I always I- step <laughs> on my own shit. <laughs> Let me just keep going with it. I always <laughs> step on my uh, my favorite forms of entertainment. <laughs> it, to, to quote Bugs Bunny, what's up, Doc? It's my favorite. It's my favorite. My favorite documentary. <laughs> Oh, man. This week was a classic. Instant classic. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> that was good. All right. Yeah. But, uh, okay. He's going to come back in with it. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, really? No, oh, we're not doing that. Are you kidding me? Jesus we Christ. Kind of... That was perfect. No, that was terrible. <laughs> What's up, Doc? The segment where I like to bring you a review of my one of my multi watched. Fuck. <laughs> I thought the first one was fine. I love the first one. Uh, <laughs> what am I favorite? Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. And then when you started the second one, I was already laughing bro, about the first one. I know, I know. That's fine. I can hear I your smile. It comes through the mic. It sounds good. <laughs> oh, my Oy. God. What's up, da? <laughs> I just did one more John is losing it. <laughs> I can't look at you. I, I can't have time. a... Oh, my God. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad at you. I just it's fully understandable. <laughs> your fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. not kidding. No. We're, 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 we're stopping it. I need a minute. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. Woo. That giggle fit struck hard. <laughs>